I sang that last week. Yeah, I heard it was awesome. I was I was super impressed last week. Yeah, you guys were awesome. Uh, welcome to Couch Crouchers. This is Jim. I'm Gonzo. So Joe is fuck uh, on audience. <laughs> yeah, Joe is missing. Um, As established last week, now is the time for me to say that was a short episode. We're done already. All right. This Um, is is a thing now. Yeah. I think it was a thing before, but it's definitely a thing now. Indeed. So, um, yeah, Gonzo and I are just coming back from uh, watching um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. The new uh, Clinton Tarantino joint. Quinton. Yeah, okay. You said Clinton. I said Quinton. I heard Clinton. You, you're wrong. Good thing it's on a recording. Yeah, so we, we can, can check, check later. later. I yeah. assure you, I did say Quentin as opposed to Quentin. I did say Quentin, so that was wrong. But I, I did not say Clinton. Clinton. No, I said Quentin. Um, Maybe I just had a stroke. I don't know. You could have stroked out a little bit. It does happen from time to time. God knows I do it all the time. Um, yeah. I'm going to so, go home and stroke out again later. Oh, my goodness. By that he means masturbation. There it is. Um, yeah, so uh, first things first, uh, we'll, we'll talk about a couple things real quick. This uh, is not spoiler free. No, Movie's two weeks old yeah, at this been point. Out for two weeks. This isn't our normal. We saw a movie on premiere and yeah. we're trying to make sure you have a good time. Um, no, dude. No, actually, what tonight is is the 50th anniversary of the Tate murders. Sure is. Sure is. Kind of uh, interesting timing there, isn't I, it? I, so I would tell you that we meant to do that, but that would be a lie. <laughs> we were both kind of like, oh, fuck. Cause, so Gonzo's like, yeah, d- didn't it happen like this week or something like that? I'm like, I don't think so. I thought it was, I forgot that it was in August. So I you know, just kind of surreptitiously grab my phone and go, Tate LaBianca murder. I'm Tate, Tate murders. And all, it happened between the evening of August 8th and August 9th. Yeah, only a couple hours away, really. <sighs> Holy shit. So, uh, here we so, are. Hey, yeah, so, spoilers. Um, the Manson family's in this movie. Yeah. Um, and so, Sharon Tate is in this movie. And Jay Sebring and... Wojciechowski and um, Abigail Folger. Um, it takes place in Hollywood Hills during... Months of 1979. 1969. So, 69. 69. Yes, you are correct. I I'm wrong. That's okay. Uh, so, yeah. It's not really a spoiler, I guess. But... I mean... So, especially not if you've seen any news about it. Because no. um, when I was looking up the casting... So, I saw this on Monday. I saw it again tonight. Um, I just saw it tonight. So. But so... When I was looking up some of the casting, because I was really interested in finding out who that was that was playing Bruce Lee. Which yeah. is not really a spoiler, because if you've seen the trailer, you've seen. And it's Mike Moe. Um, who was I, fantastic. He was. He really was. He was absolutely fantastic. And I was looking him up, because I wasn't sure if he was the guy that played Bruce Lee kind of recently in that Bruce Lee biopic what the, the dragon the bruce lee story i think so no i think that was a dude from mortal Kombat. and and in fact it was not mike mo i uh no, I mike, think... mike mo played ryu in a 2014 uh oh did he play street fighter movie. oh wow okay but he's mostly a television actor but so yeah. as i was looking it up actually that could have been interesting news because i found an article i meant to read later which was mike mo talking about like if it was hard for him to 
play the role of Bruce Lee in this movie. I think that that might be Joe. I don't know. It's the same cars doing laps. I mean, that'd be very cool if Joe just walked in right now. Uh, but I don't know his from the tail. Oh, lines. so Jay Sebring was Emil Hirsch. Okay, that's what I thought. So, yeah, just first of all, this cast kick ass. This cast kicked ass. So, yeah, there there was an article about him talking about it because he's been doing martial arts forever. Yeah. This guy, Mike Mo. Oops, that was me. It's all right. Not Jim this time. It was me. Here, make you feel better? There you go. There was a lot less of that last week, I'll tell you. I, I talk with my hands. You know, you can position your uh, your your microphone arm. I, and you know what? No matter how out of the way I position it, I always end up smacking it. It's just, it's fate. It's part of the show. It's what we do. Maybe it'll change someday when we go back to the couch. But so, uh, so there was an article about whether or not it was hard and some of the problems he faced and how he felt about portraying Bruce Lee. Um, but I did not read that article, so I don't have that as news. However, I did find out while I was looking for it that apparently also in the news is a lot of people are now flocking to the uh, site of the Tate murders um, because this movie. So if you've been following movie news, even if you haven't been paying attention to reviews or, or haven't seen this movie... It's got the Tate murders. Well, yeah. So the it, funny, it's framed on Cielo Drive, right? So there's so a lot of action there. When people first heard about this movie, I'm thirsty. I'm going to crack this open. Do now. it. I love it. When when people first heard about this film, they you know everyone's like, oh, it's going to be Quentin's movie. Quentin Quentin's movie about the Manson murders, and it's not about the Manson murders. No. Um, the Manson murders are more. I mean, the whole Manson thing is kind of more of a backdrop. It's 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 a story about these two guys. Yeah. And one of the things I really liked is the um, the early '60s aesthetic that carried over <laughs> through the '60s. You know, through the the mid '60s. You, you know, when people think of the when people kind of younger than us, and even people my age. You know, people a little younger than me think of the '60s. They 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 automatically go to hippies. They automatically go to the hippie movement. It's like... Ooh, that was a good one. That was a good one. It's like when people think of the 70s, they think of disco. Oh, that was a... That was all that backed up popcorn and everything. It's like when people think of the 70s, they think of disco, and then it realized that disco was like a three-year fad, four years at the most. Um, And it carried over a little bit into the 80s. But, um, you know, everyone's like, oh, the 60s, hippies. The... The especially the early '60s, a lot of the um, that mod fashion, that kind of big flowery. Mm-hmm. When I say flowery, not flowery like fucking uh, hippies, more like you know, like fucking floral prints. The big, you know, like I, the Warhol esque, you know, like pop art style and everything like that, kind of carried over into. I don't know what to call it. I'm not a costumer. Um, Sarah, Gabby, let us know. Um, and that aesthetic carried over through the mid '60s and then into the late '60s. So you've got, you know, you've got a movie kind of with that kind of aesthetic um, for the majority of it. Um, you've got these two guys. You got DiCaprio, who was fantastic, um, who plays kind of this washed-up actor, you know, and then Brad Pitt as his stuntman slash gopher slash kind of. I don't know. 
the way I described it, and you know, Gonzo, I, I was curious your thought on that. It was, you know, the whole thing's a fairy tale. It's clearly a fairy tale, but really, it's kind of a almost a, a Frodo and Sam type kinda, dynamic in that, kinda, yeah. you know, in that you've got this rich guy that's being taken care of by this kind of blue collar guy, <laughs> um, and no matter what, he's going to take care of him. Um, so the whole thing with with Manson, I mean, Manson's in the movie for what five whole seconds yeah i mean i think he, he he's, literally he's there to show up ask if terry's there be told that terry no longer lives there and then he wanders off i and mean that's it and well legitimately that five seconds is the only five seconds of the man's life that he spent on cielo drive right in in the real world oh it's jamie yeah she lives here I know, but I heard a noise. I thought she'd already gone to bed. I uh. thought maybe it was Joe. Joe, I miss you. Um, Joe, I thought we had something special together last week. <laughs> it was a really good How show. How could you do this to me? I'm proud of you guys. It was a good show. It um, worked. It, it worked. It did. Our, um, our waves were definitely a little bigger. Your waves were fine. It was. It sounded good. Um, I wonder if the audience wrote in like I entreated them to uh, tell us that our waves were better. No one said anything about the waves. Um, however, we do have a few emails um, sent to us at couchcrouches at gmail.com. Um, I don't have... Joe, see what happens to the plugs when you're not here? Mm-hmm. You um, make Jim do it. Yeah, sorry. It's true. It's it's still good, but it's different. It's not and the I same. don't like change. It's not the same. Um, change is terrifying, says the man who got an apartment. Yeah, let's... We, we talked about that last week. Oh, yeah, week. I heard you talk about it a little bit. Um... So you remember that time, audience, long-time listeners, everyone who was here last week. Um, I don't... I, I'm tired. Yeah, me too. It's kind of late. I'm tired. Um, well, you know, if they had shown started showing the right movie... We'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, but so, yeah, anyone who was here last week, you may recall that I was saying that I was had, like, one more place to look at, and I was looking to move... Really, really soon. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So yeah, in uh, today's the eighth. Yep. So that's nine days. In nine days from now. So that's uh, what's that? Three three weeks. Nine I, days? No, not nine days. It's three <laughs> weeks. I'm saying from last week. Uh huh. Last week when I said looking to move really soon was the first. Mm-hmm. So no, actually that's closer to two whole. It's weeks. Closer to two weeks. That's yeah. Two whole weeks. So yeah, I was not fucking around. No, no, you didn't waste any time at all. I was impressed. The goal was to get out by my 30th birthday, and I just barely beat it. And I picked... I could have actually moved in this weekend. Like, yeah. they had immediate availability for oh, that really? place. Okay. But um, I opted for, for next weekend. Mostly you... because I got Josh... My friend of the show, Josh's bachelor party is this oh, good. Saturday. Oh, good. Um, I didn't feel like moving everything out on the Sunday following a bachelor party being spent at the casino. Sure. Um, plus, I haven't packed jack shit yet. Well, I was about to ask you about that. How So packing is not coming along well, then? Oh, I haven't had time to start. Okay. Really. Fair you know, I, I went down... Actually, it was on Monday, I think it was. Mm. Because... So to get totally off topic from, Go from for a it. movie. No, no, no. Um, we're, we're, we're doing an intro. Don't worry about it. 
So, like, last last weekend, last Sunday, I went down and I looked at everything. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, this one bedroom here is pretty cute. You know, I kind of like this. It's nice. It's cozy. It's... Most importantly, it was affordable. And I could... And the price that she quoted me was pretty nice. I looked at the numbers. I could totally afford that. Plus utilities on one of my two weeks paychecks. Okay. Because so, I get two paychecks a month, right? Yeah. Yeah, that... Oh, you're busy over there. I thought you were confused by it. No, I'm reading um, Couch Crouch's e- emails. But so I apologize. I, I am listening, but I'm also looking over to see whether or not we're even going to fucking do it today. So like, I I uh, I ran the numbers, saw that mm-hmm. on one of my two paychecks per month, I could cover the rent and yeah. the utilities, which leaves me a whole second paycheck to cover the car bills, mm-hmm. insurances, all all that, everything else. I actually did. The work and figured out the budget and everything. Yeah. Now, are you going to um, have enough to save anything? Yeah. Well, then you won't be living paycheck to paycheck. How no. exciting is that? that now, are you going to be? That's now, a dream. Now, have, exactly. Now, have you figured in food? A ballpark figure. That's, I mean, that's like that's a ballpark it. figure. Okay. I, as it turns out, I don't eat a whole hell of a lot in the first place. Okay. Uh, specifically, I have that problem where some days I forget to eat. Sure. Which is not great, but. It yeah. will save money. Yeah, if anyone's ever looked at me, you can tell me you can tell that I've never had that problem before. I'm fat. But so so she quoted me this number and I like this number. I am fat, however. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. We got the iPad back this week. Sorry. There's a soundboard again. Yeah. Um But, but so, get, yeah, sorry, go ahead. So she quoted me this price mm-hmm. and she said you can you know, it's available on the seventeenth. Okay. I said, Cool. You know, I kind of got to look at this other place, too. But, you know, I'm, I, I like this place. Mm-hmm. And the, that price is very nice. Okay. And so I went home, and at some point I decided... At some point I decided, oh, I don't actually need to look at this other place. I really like this place, and that number was nice. And Sometimes you know. So I went yeah. online, and I went to, uh, went to apply, you know, because everything's online now. Yes. And when I hit apply for that unit, yeah, it brought up, you know, I filled out pretty much everything and it got to the whole, okay, now pick your lease terms. And I saw that the price that was quoted in me, the really nice one, was for a 22 month. <sighs> and so I'm like, okay, well, what's the price for a 12? C- couple of hundred dollars more. Of course. And I went, hmm could do the 22 i don't really want to what if it turns out that i absolutely right. hate this place and they, and have to it break, sucks? they have to break your lease and lose your 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 um your security you and know, it does like, suck. like i'm not about to do that so did you call her and talk to her or? so what i did was i kind of started looking around because now i had already had that uh that application like profile made so i could sure. kind of browse around their other offerings oh okay and i saw when i was looking at them by price i saw one that was really close in price happened to be a two-bedroom uh-huh. oh so the first one was a one-bedroom yeah, the first then. one was oh. a one and so i found I was a little so confused I, by what you meant at first when you told me about this but now i get it so i looked at this uh this listing and i expanded it and i looked at the lease terms and for a 12 month it was like Five to ten bucks more than the original quoted really nice price. Huh. So I said, 
okay. Um, she just tried to upsell you, you think? So I called Which up. Which is fine. So I called up, uh, and I said, hey, so, like, two questions. One, I was told this price, and when I went to go and apply, it was not at all that price. Is there anything you can do about that? And she said, no, you know, the best we could do is waive the administrative. Sorry, I'm turning down the wrong one. Continue. All right. I was I saw that there was there was a dial up and it's Joe's mic. So <laughs> so um they could waive the administrative fees. The administrative fees. It's like great. That covers one of the couple hundred dollar differences right. for one of the twelve months that you will be charging me more than you said you would. Okay. Um second question. I see that you've got this this model available and in a nice price. Do you have time this afternoon for me to come down and just show me that? And they fit me in. So I took a slightly longer lunch. Not a much longer lunch, honestly. It's not that far from your it's not, not that it's far from your work, yeah. Ten, fifteen minutes yeah. in the middle of the day. It's gonna be a little longer on the in the morning That's and in the right. evening because everyone lives out there, right? And everyone who lives out there works in here. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I went down. They showed it to me. I looked around. I said, "This is also pretty nice." Um, you know, it's it's an older model, so it's not renovated. It has the old style countertops. Yeah, the fucking yeah. I don't care. Do the counters hold things when I put them on it? Great. Is there a floor and a roof? Cool. Yeah, you're not one to rent an apartment for the quality of the backsplash. I mean, to be fair, the uh, the one that I liked originally that was quoted a wrong price to mm -hmm. me was was a partial reno, and it was really cool looking. Mm -hmm. I did enjoy that, but I don't care much. If I do care, if it turns out that I do care, here's a 12-month lease. Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I have lived... 29 years in a single bedroom in a house. Yeah. Um, not in like an abusive, they kept me chained up in their <laughs> way. But in a, in a, I don't know, I'm not a big uh, fan of human interaction. I yeah. like my, I like my little cave, leave me alone. But so it's like, fair enough. You know, this is what I've got. And in fact, we had, you know, we got like the kitchens redone at home uh -huh. a couple years ago, uh -huh. but still in fairly recent memory. So, oh no, one year in a place that maybe isn't the thing that, it, you know, <laughs> if I wake up one day and hate it, oh well, here, was, here's a couple of months. Months fly by for me now. I think I'm losing time. <laughs> um, so there, there's a, a movie that I like very much. The movie's called St. Elmo's Fire. And, um, Not to be confused with Saint Elsewhere. No, but in Saint Elmo's Fire, one of the characters, Mare Winningham, plays this this girl who's actually like the love interest of Rob Lowe, and it's really a bizarre. Let's get this mic a little closer to me. There so we are. It's a little bizarre of a relationship, but I was a little quieter than I expected. You were fine. Um, she. Um, I had the spit guard too far away. Uh, she talks about how um, she finally is able to move out from her kind of overbearing parents. And she talks about her first apartment. You know, she's in her first apartment. She's like, you know, last night I got up to make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the middle of the night. And I sat there and it was in my kitchen 
It was my refrigerator. It was in my apartment, and it was the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich I've ever had. The I remember the first time. I remember the first night after I moved out. I shouldn't be sitting on my leg. It's going to be asleep when I go to yes. stand. I remember the first night that I'm. You know, the first night after I moved out of my parents' house. Um. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and being like, "Where the fuck am I?" And who the fuck is this person sleeping next to me? But I had, you know, Jamie and I had been sleeping in beds together for a while, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Now but, I did get a second floor. But yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you did. You did end up getting a second I got, floor. I got the second floor. Okay. Um, you know, as I see it, one that gives me instead of a patio, it gives me a cool little balcony. That's cool. I'm totally fine with cool little mm-hmm. balcony. Um, plus it faces out the back, so all I look at is trees. I'm not looking out to the road there. Good. So, sure, let's do that. And second, there's a little bit of wood flooring okay. in the kitchen and dining mm-hmm. area, which I liked, honestly, over the carpeted flooring good. in the kitchen and dining good. areas in the other one, because I can see myself spilling things and sure. dropping things, and that just seems like a nightmare. Sure. So I would much rather clean off of wood floor. Now, is the apartment smoke-free? Did not appear to be. I believe that the unit itself is, and also, I'm not going to fucking smoke indoors you smoke in your like balcony. an animal. You smoke on your balcony. Well, that's 90% of my plan. Yeah. And also, kind of why I liked having the balcony instead of a porch. Sure. Um, all I know is that when we walked in and started going up the stairs into the hallway... The hallway kind of smelled of stale smoke. Well, you but know, in that sort of a hotel kind of stale smoke sure. way, maybe not so much anymore. I mean, but people, you know the scent. I mean, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But you know, you're not necessarily an animal if you smoke in your home. People smoked in their homes for years. It's not, you know. Yeah, but like, I'm not. If I start to smoke indoors, <laughs> I'm probably going to start to smoke in bed. And if I smoke in bed, that's how I die. Well, I'll tell you what. When I I I um, smoked in bed. When I was um, working, when I was at my first apartment, Mm -hmm. working at the bookstore, I began taking a shift where I went in for three o'clock in the morning. And um, that required, this is when I was smoking a pack pack and a half a day. Um, That required me waking up first thing in the morning and having a Diet Coke there, like ready and just like reaching over, not even opening my eyes, cracking a Diet Coke pulling a camel out, putting it on my mouth and lighting it and just smoking to wake up. Yeah. Um, but that was also an occasionally, like, it was like, a f- like I, I used to, like, would, I would smoke in the shower. <laughs> like, I would, like, get up and I would still have the cigarette hanging out of my mouth and I would take the shower and not realize the fucking cigarettes in my mouth till I turn around to wash my face and go, oh, cigarette. Well, like, I did ask her. I asked so her I could what, have killed myself and my wife. I asked her that. what the... Uh, like the policy on smoking was, um, yeah. I think she interpreted it as a I don't like smoking. Okay. When I asked, because she says, well, there's no smoking in the units, but you know, we're not a smoke free facility yet. Uh-huh. To which my response was, oh, I wasn't going to smoke in the unit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it, you know, walking up those stairs, getting hit by that little bit of a stale cigarette smell. I don't think anyone's smoking indoors necessarily, but yeah. definitely on the uh on the balcony with the with the like windows open probably has yeah. happened. You know, just in general, I don't want to like 
I don't want to lose my deposit. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. You know? uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to it. Well, I'm excited It'll be for interesting. you. I'm excited for you. Overall, the move-in should be pretty pretty seamless and painless because... I mean, you I don't, don't have a lot of stuff, I don't right? have a lot of stuff. Like, you're going to have to buy furniture. Yeah, I know. Like, you're going uh, to have to... Importantly, um, my father is cutting the same deal with me that he cut with my brother when he moved out. Oh? I get a new bed. Nothing Ooh. nothing like stupid expensive. No, but a, but a Keep it bed. around the... Yeah, a new bed. Good for you. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I've been sleeping on like the same twin for way too long. Get yourself a it's probably part of the reason my back hurts so much. No man, get yourself at least a you know like like a full at least at I, least a full maybe a queen. That's what I was thinking about. I don't know what size I want to go yeah, for. Something you know something big enough to. It was um, definitely going to be a full at least something to you know at least stretch out in. Yeah, something that you're not embarrassed to have somebody you know join you in. Listen, I've had that problem already with the with the twin mattress that I have. Oh. Oh, me too, back Two in the day. cannot easily fit upon a twin. Well, needless to say, I will tell you this, and this is an image. <laughs> this just, is an image for you. I just know you. that I have multiple times had my like entire back hanging off Absolutely. of it while they cuddled off. My wife like... and I, <laughs> in college, um, now mind you, we were both considerably thinner, but not we were not svelte by any stretch of the imagination, um, would sometimes sleep on her... Um, dorm oh god no bed which if you know were they any better or worse than they are now well if you know what a dorm bed effectively is it's a metal frame with um springy wire for support and the, like the the one mattress goes on it's like it's worse than an army bunk and we used to you know, we used to we used to sleep on that bed, and it was bad. It was really bad. So, so uh, no, I get it. There's that. I think he got my brother like a dining room table and some chairs. Um, the, the fairly table, cheap. The table that we're sitting at, um, my mother-in-law bought for us for our first apartment too. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I need too much. I forget if this one has like a, a breakfast bar thing. If it does, then who the fuck needs a table right you now? Get a couple benches. I can have a or table, a couple later. of stools, rather. Um, well, I mean, or or be like me and eat standing up. But so what about I, things like couches and chairs and coffee he, tables? He got and my brother like one couch, so I will be receiving also one couch. Okay. Um, I think he got him like a nightstand, a dresser, some other stuff. Can I recommend if there's room a papasan? Are you familiar with a papasan? I am not. So you would you'd know a papasan if you saw it. A papasan is um. A two-piece wicker chair. Mm-hmm. So imagine it's like a stand, and then it's like a big, like concave. It's like half a concave oh, thing. Oh, I think I've seen that with a big cushion in it. I think I've seen that. They're yeah, awesome, and I love them. And I think everybody that has a first apartment should get one. <laughs> it's just it's a it's a it's a it's a first apartment kind of uh, kind of. Um, what I will be getting, and I, I know this already, while is you're talking, I'm some form of uh, maybe not a full entertainment center or anything, but I need something to put my new TV on. Yeah, you do, because that's a big boy. Hey, you know, how big is it? Fifty inch. That's that's that is yeah. Now um, that's a sixty. I don't I don't remember. But this, so, but um, just to let you know, yes, you know exactly what it is. This is a pop. That's a papa song. Oh yeah, they're yeah, I've awesome. Be, I've been in those. They're awesome. But so that you know, I'm they're go- great if you want to curl. If you literally want to curl up, 
I mean, I've slept in those so many fucking times. I'm going to need to get some cheap, like, card table things, too, because sure. I have that second bedroom, which, as of right now, I don't have or need a roommate, um, which means I'm, I can... I might be able to donate some furniture to you. Well, it, it's pretty much, like, I want a thing to put my 3D printers on. Sure. You know, so they don't live in the bedroom like mm-hmm. they do currently. Sure. Also, so I can have more than one of them set up at a given time. Because right now at home, I have this small desk, and most of that real estate on that desk is taken up by the smaller TV sure, and the game systems. Sure. Well, you know, I'm not going to need those on a small desk or a table. That's true. I'll have this room to set things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You should I, be looking I can show you the. I'll show you the floor plan later. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you. Um, I also feel like I'll be invited to come visit that apartment long before I'm ever invited to visit Joe's apartment. Probably, yeah. He didn't even let me pull in when I dropped him off at the apartment. <laughs> I pulled into the TD Bank next door and dropped him off there, and he ran up. That's that's annoying. That's annoying. Eh, whatever. I'll get over it. But so, uh, yeah. So I'm on the second floor. I just really hope whoever's below me isn't an old lady. Sure. Well, well you're not a big, heavy-stepped type person. No, anyway. not really. And you're single. You're one dude. Plus, it's mostly carpeted. Yeah, and you. So yeah, carpeting would be where you need to really be stomping yeah. around. And when and and when you when you. I was going to make a joke. There is a yappy dog downstairs. Ah, fuck it, I'll make the joke. And when you fuck, you fuck from a fuck swing. So it's, you know, it's suspended <laughs> from the ceiling. So there's nothing there he doesn't actually... I don't think he fucks from a fuck swing. I've never I, had this I, discussion. I have never purchased a fuck swing. I, I don't get how... I mean, I, I get mechanically how it works, but... I don't think it'd be very pleasant. I, think I don't it's, get I it. I think it's fun for a little while, but then you just kind of put it away. I mean, if it, if it was like a BDSM thing, like I'd get it. Um, and I know that there are suspension things, but like this, just like the old school, like '70s style fuck swing. I don't get it. Yeah, that's where we went. We went to fuck swing. So, so, so like there, there is a yappy dog downstairs, but that's fine. Yeah, Liter- really doesn't bother me. Good. Um, I sleep through most things in the first place. Yeah, me too. And also, whatever. Yeah, what are you gonna do? It's a uh, it's a, it's an animal. What so are you really, do? really, what it was though was I wanted the upstairs for the balcony, and I wanted it because there's a little bit of wood flooring. Yeah, and I didn't want to live under someone who had even that little bit of wood flooring above me. Sure. So I opted sure. for the yeah. upstairs. Well, good for you. I'm excited for you. Um, and Ellie had better help me move because it's literally right down the street yeah, from he, his complex. He's the kind of guy that would help. Yeah, he would. I still think that we should. Have some form of game. Dan can't make it though, right? Yeah, because when is it? Uh, the seventeenth. I think he said he couldn't. I gotta look and see whether or not I can do it. Because if I can, I'd be glad to. Um, seventeenth oh, next weekend. Yeah, we'll see. Oh yeah, Dan's no vacation for two whole fuck. He's going to Disney. He's going to Disney. Disney. Yeah, he's definitely going to Disney. So, uh, let me tell you about my 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 my. Let me tell you about me. All right. Um, I had a filling put in today. Yeah? Yeah. It's okay. How'd you get that? I had cracked tooth. Eating too much candy? I don't think so. I think just um, you're probably gritting my teeth and being enraged. I don't know what the fuck. I mean, you know what? It should shit happens. one of those mouth guards. I apparently grind in my sleep. So, they're- and not the fun way. They're worth- Yeah. They're get worth it. it. You get it? <laughs> it's a sex joke. 
um, it, it's you know, if if you have a legitimate issue with grinding your teeth and you wake up and your and your jaws hurt and stuff like that. Oh, hold on, let me see if you can hear it clicking. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, well, it's not doing it right now, but it does it pretty. I mean, bad you sometimes. can get. I mean, just just one of the boil guards. Um, go and actually, but spend money on one of the decent ones. Um, one of the decent ones are going to run you about 50 bucks, 50, 60 bucks. Do it. You'll only need one. Just make sure you keep it clean. The best way to keep it clean that I find is when you go to brush your teeth at night, just brush it like it was a set of dentures. Or if you use like mouthwash, mm -hmm. that's what I used to do is just like clean it with mouthwash, then rinse it off, and then it's minty fresh when you go to put it in. Because I, I do grit and grind and... Yeah. I mean, you'll find there, a lot less tension in your jaw. Severe tension in yeah. my jaw lately. I've noticed and a whole lot. You'll get used to it. It's not Where that it just bad. Clicks and pops every time yeah. I go to eat something. So, um, I was eating lunch today. I, I just opened my mouth to put something in, and it was just pop, pop. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's classic uh, TMJ, which is um, in case you're wondering, TMJ is a temporomandibular joint. Um, that's the that's well that's the it's so it's temporomandibular mandibular joint dysfunction, but it's called TMJ because the joint's called the TMJ. Um, and yeah, and it hurts. It hurts. I, I've had it. I've had it. I'm like, I've, I've had to do it. Like it's not really causing me pain. It's just it's annoyance. And yeah, and it's discomfort, but it, it will eventually, eventually it hurt. Will. Yeah, it will eventually. Because I, I would assume it's wearing down any cartilage in that joint. It probably is, but I think probably the the muscle tension will hurt before you start like wrecking cartilage. Yep. So I had I had I had my teeth done. Um, I well not my teeth done. I had my tooth fixed today. Um, it hurts a little bit. It'll be fine. Um, the boy is getting ready to walk. Yeah. It's scary. He's just. I mean, he. Yeah, it's scary. Um, what else? Good. Shortly after he learns how to walk is when he can hold a knife. Oh Jesus! I heard this as well. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I had this discussion arm, right in front of your wife. Can arm my child. Your wife seemed fine with this plan. Okay. Um, specifically because I was aware enough to know that I had to wait until he was more of a danger to everyone around him than himself. <laughs> You're such a dick. Listen, I don't want Peter hurting himself. No, you want, him, you want, want him hurting other people. I want him shoving that knife into like Joe's thigh or something. <laughs> Violence is the only language a toddler understands. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, so speaking of violence. Um, oh, I thought Joe just walked in when you said that. No. But we're getting back on topic. Yeah, I think we should get to topic now. So we've kind of given you a little bit about the background of the film and what it is. I enjoyed um, that film, though. I really did. Um, we can talk about performances real quick. Um, oh, my God. Dakota Fanning looked just like fucking Squeaky Fromm. Like Squeaky Fromm, from, yeah. I, I, it's disconcerting. I mean, well, no. The most disconcerting one for me is the fact that Margot Robbie looked a lot like Sharon She did Tate. look a lot Holy like Sharon Holy shit. Um, and the guy that got to play Steve McQueen looked kind of like Steve McQueen. Um you no, know, I mean, all in all, just the whole thing, you know, um, the movie was superbly acted. Everybody was fantastic. Nobody nobody stood out as, eh, they're okay. Um, DiCaprio does not take himself seriously, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, I mean, Brad Pitt's never taken himself seriously, so that's fine. Um, you know, you can tell. So, I, you know what I feel like? I feel like with this film... 
So I'm of the belief that Quentin Tarantino has written the greatest um, screenplay of all time, and that's Pulp Fiction. Um, he's known as a great writer. He writes incredible dialogue. He writes incredible screenplays. Um, I don't think this was, I mean, I, I, this was a good screenplay. This is a good Tarantino screenplay, which is better than most people's best screenplays. But I think that it wasn't as strong as some of his other screenplays, if only because I feel like the chemistry between DiCaprio and Brad Pitt were so good that every now and then Quentin probably stood back and said, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So as a result, you know, there are there are times where it kind of a, st- a little stream of consciousness. It was so good, though. I think a lot of people that aren't enjoying it mm-hmm. are a little offset by the pay off put by the pacing. It is a little weird pacing. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, if you wanted to tighten up the pacing a little bit, there's an awful lot of Brad Pitt driving through the Hollywood Hills. I'm <laughs> wondering what that was lot. about. I think it was a pacing choice. I think he wanted. I think I think DiCaprio did it on purpose. I think he wanted to keep everybody off kilter a little bit. Hey, let's face Tarantino. it. Tarantino. Who did I say? DiCaprio. DiCaprio. I meant Tarantino. Thank you. These fucking Italian names. Um, Tarantella. Tarantella. No, that's the Tarantellas. That's a Tarantella. Anyway, um, let's face it. The majority of the people that went to go see this movie, the majority of them, know about the Manson family murders, mm-hmm. okay? They know that Manson shit is going to go down in this film to an extent, and they may not realize, and again, we're going to get into spoils here, they may not realize that Quentin was going to inglorious bastards this fucking movie. I am so glad that he did, though. And I started to tell you about this, but yeah. when I went to see it Monday, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the person I went to see it with had no context really like they knew who Charlie Manson was by name, but didn't know anything else about it. Didn't know really about the Tate murders. So we got to that entire ending, the the Tarantino segment of that was the ending. Right. Yeah. Excuse me. And, uh, I'm just sitting there like I did today too. Cracking up at it. I yeah. thought it was hilarious, especially uh, Sadie's just screaming. Just, I, and every time popping back up, waving around like an inflatable arm flailing tube man and screaming. And I am losing my shit laughing. When he and got up, when he got up and walked off screen, if you'd been paying attention earlier. So, yeah, we're going all over the place. If he'd been paying attention earlier, you knew he had the goddamn flamethrower in the fucking shed. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he walked off screen. I'm like, and I remember going over to you, going, "He's gonna set this bitch on fire." <laughs> sure enough, um, the hero of the film. In case you're wondering, the hero of the film is um, is a pit bull named Brandy. Brandy is a good girl. She's a good girl. Um, Such a cute pit bull. I mean, he's gorgeous, Go- a gorgeous animal. Um, g- big personality. Yeah. Um, Straight up a working dog. Like, that is a Hollywood dog. That yeah. dog was trained as fuck. Yeah. Um, I feel like Brad Pitt loved that dog. Yeah. I feel like, you know, he's a good actor, but I feel like he loved that dog. I yeah, feel I like, think so. I feel like he, 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 had a, he, had a, he had a relationship with that dog. Um, Spent a lot of time with that dog. Um, 
again, I didn't say it was going to be a strong show. We just said <laughs> it was going to be a show. Um, really well acted. Um, some of the stuff that I really enjoyed about the film. Um, and go see this movie. If you like what we do, you're going to like this movie just because you have the same type of you but, probably have the same type of but so, aesthetic that we do. But like the the compositing, yeah, like putting putting fucking Cap- DiCaprio into The Great Escape. It's one of my favorite all time movies. Putting him into The Great Escape, like, and you noticed specifically. First of all, it looked good, but you noticed that they like took him and they really worked to to match the graininess mm-hmm. to match that. And it was, you're right. It, it looked ste- it looked seamless. But so, um, so I was cracking up. Though, yeah, at the ending, yeah, that ending's and, fucking and, incredible. And I feel like so afterwards we got out and and I turned to turned to them and said, "Okay, so you quite clearly don't really know about oh, this is your friend, yeah, yeah. you don't really know about the Manson murders, I guess. So allow me to explain to you." Why I thought it was hilarious that those three just got brutally fuck murdered. Because this is what they did in the real world. Yep. And it's so nice to see that come up and Yeah, well, you know, it. yeah, and it's kind of like, you know, like the end of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Uh, in the end of Inglorious Bastards, the Americans murder Hitler in a fucking movie theater. They just and they they gun him him and Goebbels and like they they just gun them the fuck down, and it's so much more satisfying than what happened in real life. <laughs> so in this, they took it a step further. Not only did they, you know, change history by killing you know these three people, but they got not only as a result of them dying, the entire house lived, mm-hmm. and literally everybody lived happily ever after. So, uh, and we assume that Brad Pitt lives. He gets driven away in an ambulance. He's yeah, okay. I'm. He's. All I right. would figure that he is. Yeah. I mean. It seems to me, and I don't really know from knife wounds, mm-hmm. you know, where he got stabbed in the hip, I believe is pretty far away from most major leg arteries. Yeah, the femoral ar- artery is... A lot of them run on the inside yeah. or down the back. Yep. Yeah. So, so he was right fine. there in the hip. Uh, sure, he was bleeding from it, but had that nicked something important, there would have been a lot more blood than he had. Yes, and Tarantino is a uh, has an eye for that kind of detail, so... <laughs> Tarantino is also no stranger to putting way too much blood inside of people. Sure. Anyway, for dramatic effect. Sure. Uh, so the fact that this was a fairly restrained blood stain, I feel like was fine. Second of all, he was moving and talking afterwards. Yeah, they were interviewing and they, him. And so. they had the uh, the um, paramedics there too. And I feel like they were laughing and joking with him. I feel yeah. like even in a Tarantino film, if it was a uh, deadly wound. They wouldn't be interviewing him there. Right. They would have, you know, you wouldn't have had any of that. You would have had maybe a, a smash cut over to them slamming the door on the uh, on the ambulance as it sped out of there. Right. And it would have been left more ambiguous. But, yeah. you know, he was talking, laughing, joking. Yep. It's implied that Leo is going to go hang out. With him tomorrow, yep. Well, like, Leo's going to go. He's going to drink with uh, the people mm-hmm. in the Tate house. Yeah. He's going to come back down. Uh, he's going to sleep with his new wife. Yep. And then the next day, he's going to go see Brad Pitt and bring him bagels. And bring him bagels, like he asked. Yeah. So that that's what's going to happen there. Not only that, but everyone, in order for everyone to have lived happily ever after, 
Leo needs to use his new connections with Sharon Tate to get himself into a Roman Polanski movie, I which, think is, that's which is what was implied. Yeah, I think that was implied. And that's definitely his happy ever after. Yep. But in order for it to truly be, a, and everyone lived happily ever after, Brad Pitt is now going to come stunt for him in a Roman, in a Roman Polanski, Polanski movie. Yeah. They're going to, they they all have to be set. And keep in mind, um, the, there's a there's a point in the beginning um, where they're at the Playboy Mansion and um, uh, Steve McQueen is kind of narrating, you know, like you know she, you know, you know Jay was with uh, Jay was with Sharon, Sharon was with Jay, and then Sharon went to Europe and married Roman Polanski, and now the three of them all lived there. They're inseparable, and Jay's just waiting for 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 Roman to fuck up. Well, historically speaking, Roman fucked up. Roman got hit with statutory rape and wasn't able to come back to the United States for years. I'm sure that, you know, you think about it. Yes, at that point, Sharon would have left Roman and Jay and Sharon would have been together and everyone would have lived happily ever after. Here we go. I, I just found this on BuzzFeed. Once upon a time in Hollywood characters in real life versus the actors who portrayed them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to scroll on through. Well, here's Sharon Tate played by Margot Robbie. Um yeah, I mean, the, it, it's the, unsettling. It's, it's unse- the, the the resemblance is unsettling. Yeah, Bruce Lee played by Mike Mo again unsettling, unsettling until until he takes his glasses off. Well, here's a picture of them side by side, and it's not your standard Bruce Lee, right? This is definitely Bra- it's the clean Bruce, cut Bruce, Bruce Lee, Lee yeah. looking a little more Mike Moe, but still kind of unsettling. But the voice, I'm telling the you, voice was his perfect. performance. His performance was just, I'm sorry, it was, his Bruce Lee was fantastic. Ooh, moment of silence there, sorry. Yeah, um, I, I'm just kind of scrolling through. Uh, Charles Manson played by Damon Harriman. He looked great. Um, A little too, his eyes are a little, a little squintier squinty, than, yeah. than uh, Charlie's, but still pretty good. Um. Lynette Fromm, played by Dakota Fanning, which, I mean, even in this one, which is regular-ass Dakota Fanning next to Squeaky in handcuffs, is still kind of, like, that casting choice, here, here, that casting choice was already pretty good, and she doesn't have the ginger hair there, Uh, just, that was, that was disturbing to me when I saw it, um, when I saw it on Monday, I didn't know it was Dakota Fanning. Yeah. At the time. All I knew was, holy shit, that looks like Lynette. Yeah, holy I mean, shit, that looks like Lynette. And and afterwards, I pulled up a picture of Squeaky on my phone to show. And mm-hmm. it was like, look look at this. Tell me that doesn't look just fucking like her. Yeah. It's really well done. No, just, it's, it's, yeah, it's. Just really well done. I like that movie. Um, what else? What else? Um, a couple things we want to talk about. So today's the 50th anniversary of the murder. It's true. It's true. Um, Do we want to be Debbie Downers and go into the gruesome details? Not really, I don't think. Not really. Um, did we not? No, is it or is it not? Did Am I misremembering it or did Tex actually say I'm the devil and I'm here to do the he devil's did. work? He did. Not I mean, business, right? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I believe the actual quote was work. Yeah. I don't know. But I might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think at that point we're splitting hairs. 
Um, no, but I think that was so. That was part of the whole. This isn't historically accurate anymore. Oh sure. Everything up to it, including like living at the Spawn Ranch, everything about George Spawn. So let's talk about the Spawn Ranch scene for a minute. They they got legitimate tension out of that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those that don't know the history behind it. Um, the Mansons all lived on an old movie ranch where they in California where they used to do um, westerns, and it's owned, it was owned by a guy named George Spawn. Um, he was old and blind by the time they came there, and they effectively plied him with booze, drugs, and for lack of a better term, underage pussy to keep him pliable and to pretty much, you know, they, they, he let them do whatever they, let them do whatever they wanted. So, um, but so like, like this is where fucking, you know, this was where Charlie and, and, and the girls all lived and Tex and Clem, they all lived. Um, in this movie, um, you know, Brad Pitt goes to drops off one of the girls at, at the house, at the at the ranch, rather, mm-hmm. and he sees what's going on, and he's like, "Oh shit, is George Spawn even alive?" So he ends up, you know, he has a kind of a confrontation with Squeaky. Which I and, enjoyed that tension yep, too, and that you know the tension's building at that point. Um, you've already met Tex, and if you know about the Manson family murders, you're like, "Oh shit, that's Tex," and then "Oh shit, that's Squeaky." You uh. I, I, Tex has much more of the blame in the Tate murders, I think. So, first of all, the trip had gone bad and Charlie wasn't great in the first place. The girls had always, have always blamed Tex for everything. And I feel like, you know, I I mean, I, I don't doubt that, um, that, um, that he was the, the, the leader of the group, but, I don't think either one of the I don't think either of the ladies were um innocent. Oh no, they did some fucked up shit. No. I mean, so whenever I think of, you know, you talk about the brutality of those murders. And we'll go back to Spawn in a minute. The one I always think of and I think of and I, th- I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, um there's a Sam Kinison bit about the Manson if family we're, murders. If we're doing a Sam Kinison bit. I'm I'm, I'm not going to I'm not, I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to do it. But um, he talks about Wojtek Frychowski, who was um, Abigail Folger's friend. He was a, a Polish artist. And, you know, they talk about how he's hanging out. You know, he, it's his first Hollywood party at Laurel Canyon. They're hanging out. They're getting a little high, getting a little drunk. The Manson family comes in. Police reports say that uh, Wojciech Frychowski was stabbed 51 times, bludgeoned in the head with a heavy object 13 times, and they shot him twice. So Kinnison goes... So you figure this guy at the end is, you know, standing outside going, you don't have to leave yet, do you? You didn't shove a chainsaw up my ass yet. My head's still on my shoulders. I'm glad you did. fuckers can handle your high. I think, I think we I, did talk about this, yeah. like the so, last time you were on here. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's funny, but it's true. I mean, that's how brutal, I mean, Sadie wanted to cut the baby out of. I out thought of, they did. No, they didn't. But Sadie wanted to cut the baby out of Sharon, but Tex said there wasn't time. Uh-huh. So I mean, and they did some some freaky fucking shit, like you know, and and just like just like Tex said in the movies, like Charlie said to make it witchy. Yeah. So they went and they drew all kinds of shit in their Helter blood. Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter was at the at the yeah. La Bianca but, house. But yeah, this is the same shit though. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and but 
It's all it's part of the same bad trip that they were all yeah. on at that point. You know, it, it was bad, you know. And so, like, these guys did not fuck around. And not like just, they just walked in and shot a couple of people and walked out. They they, they butchered these people. Um, so hey, It wasn't even helter-skelter. It was like helter-skelter. Yeah, they didn't spell it right, yeah. It was totally misspelled. It was an afterthought, I think. Oh, maybe. I mean... I, I think it may have been... Uh, they, they if like I'm the, remembering right, I think Sadie just decided to do it. And they, they like... Well, you know, they, they, they like they like the Beatles. Um, Somehow so, this was supposed to imply a race war. So, yeah, Charlie's, Charlie's idea was that he was going to... So this was... If you look at the whole well, thing, no, Charlie gonna, just wanted to go out to the desert and ride dune buggies and have a good trip. But the way he explained it was that you know, over the years and over the years, and maybe he invented it as he went, was they were going to start a race war, and he figured that black people would rise up and kill the majority of the white people. So he was going to take his children and live in a in, in a bunker underneath the desert, and that after the black people had killed the majority of the white people, they were going to come out to rule the black to rule the people because the black people wouldn't be able to govern themselves. This is what Charlie believes. So he would come and, you know, and 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 lead them in a life of peace and and community and whatnot. Um he was a failed musician. Yep. Who just wanted to go out to the desert, fuck witchy girls, drive dune buggies, and then somewhere along the line, it all went south, and Charlie was not great. Not not he wasn't an ideas man. He was not an ideas man. You know what? He as, was, as I've always heard it described yeah. is. He was really good at reading the room and going with the flow of things and helping that pick up steam. So once it started to go sour, he made it fucking worse. But his family, the the the, the girls, it's a perfect example of a cult of personality. Charlie had a um, his music is not no, it's but he, not great, but it's also not the worst thing I've ever listened to. No, but he had. A personality. He had a magnetism that these girls were drawn to. You know, these were girls with usually runaways, with with obviously with dad issues. You know, and he was able to present himself as a father, as a lover, as a friend, as a messiah, as a. You know, he was able to really draw these girls in and play on their insecurities. You know, play. You know. You know, you're 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 too plain. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're not, you know, f- for the normal world, for the straights. But you're perfect for me. You're I still perfect, think you know. Star should have let like a traveling circus buy his body. Wait, no, no. Uh, she, it wasn't her. She was kind of the one that wanted his body, wasn't it? Because he's he's dead now, obviously. Yeah. Uh, fairly recently, right? Within um, the last last five years or so, yeah. It was much sooner than that. Really? Wonder it true. was within the last year, really? I yeah. think. Um, Let's take a look. Last two years at the far end. I'm going to tell you right now. He died uh, 2017, yep. So, mm-hmm. because I remember being at work and uh, this one girl talking about it and just how awful and, and everything and and like how he murdered those people and i kept my mouth shut because he did not so it's said that he probably shot somebody during one of the dune buggy murders um on the ranch 
Um, there's a question as to whether or not he was on, whether he was present for the LaBianca murders. I don't remember if he was present for those. Um, that being said... I'm not defending the man um, at all. Hitler probably never flipped the switch of a, of, a, of a gas chamber, but he's still responsible for genocide. I mean, you know, you know, that that's, yeah. So well, the difference here, the he difference here killed, is she yeah. was, she wasn't sitting there saying, oh, he's a horrible person mm-hmm. that caused all of these horrible things. Her whole thing was he murdered this person, this person, right. this person. He mur- he murdered. Um, he definitely was involved directly in the murder of Gary Hinman, um, who didn't like Charlie's music. I don't remember the whole story. There. I'm not going to read it right now. And he um, yeah, he killed somebody else too. I don't remember. Like he was directly involved in somebody else's death as well. But that's it. Um, you know, everybody else was, you know, was was the family, and that was, you know, the the common the common thread there was tax, obviously. So, um, and Squeaky and Sadie. You know, I don't think I've ever actually looked at a picture of Richard Ramirez. Not a pretty man. Oh, did you did you look up Charles Manson and then get the little get? Yeah, get, just, people you, also search for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Though scary. you got you got a better picture of him. I got the classic mugshot of Charlie. Of Charlie, yeah. Well, I mean, I got the long shot of Charlie too. I just wheeled down a bit. Um, so yeah, I, I, <laughs> he's just <laughs> what a ridiculous looking motherfucker. Who Richard Ramirez? No, no, Charlie, Charlie? Manson in general. So let's go ahead. He's got he's got the crazy eyes. But, oh, he's got the crazy but eyes. But just in combination with the hair and everything else, he's <coughs> he's ridiculous looking tiny man. Yeah. So. In talking about the brutality of these murders, moving them kind of, kind of now, kind of drawing that to the corollary of the movie, you know that all these horrible things are going to happen to these people, and they're kind of getting you to learn to like these people. You know, they 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 spend a lot of they, they spend a, a good chunk of time at one point on Sharon going to the movie and watching her movie and listening to the people around her really like her and laugh and, and, and enjoy, you know, enjoy her and her kind of taking pride and going, wow, this is really cool. And then you see her six months later and she's pregnant and she's playing with her, with her friend and her friend's baby the day that she's, she's supposed to die. You're, 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 you know, you get to learn, you know, you, get to, you see Jay who is her best friend and obviously still in love with her. Um, you know, and and you know that something's shifting because Kurt Russell doesn't really start narrating. Like he narrates a couple times in the beginning, um, but then really doesn't start narrating in earnest until they start going by the hour by hour account mm-hmm. of that night. And then he drops off, and then you know all hell breaks loose. But you know these horrible things are going to happen to these people. So we were talking about pacing before. I think the reason that 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 Tarantino paced it the way he did, the way it was kind of paced off kilter was because you have so many ingrained expectations of things that are going to happen that you're waiting for it to happen. You're waiting for, okay, when, when are we going to see Charlie? When are we going to see the girls? When are we going to see the murders? And it's like, Oh God, we're not seeing it yet. It's more Brad Pitt driving in the Hollywood Hills, um, to an incredible soundtrack. But 
it, it, what it does, I believe, is because the pacing's off, you don't expect the payoff when it happens. Um, so, but the thing is, like, you you get to lo- you get to really like these characters. Like, Sharon's extremely likable in this movie. You know, mm-hmm. she's not, you know, to the point where you're like, oh, I, I really, God, I, I I hope I hope she dies off camera. Like, you're thinking at the very least, you know, she's going to die. You know, the family is going to come in and kill her and all of her friends. Hopefully, it happens off camera. We don't have to see it. Part of me, and I knew about when it was going to happen, when Brad Pitt's tripping balls on the uh, on the acid dip cigarette, which wouldn't work, really work. We've talked about that, but that's okay. He's tripping balls on the acid dip cigarette. I mean, it might work because his mouth was coming in contact with the acid, but smoking it maybe. Work. But I think being that close to the heat and everything, right. And having been left just kind of unprotected and unwrapped in for that like cigarette for box for six months, for six months. Yeah. But anyway, it was a plot um, device. No, if it, no, if it was, if it was, you know, just a wet cigarette, then mm-hmm. probably. Maybe. But acid, no. Yeah. So he, um, I choose not to believe that Quentin, you have made a horrible movie with inconsistency. And the claws come out of the top of the hand, not between the fingers. Shut the fuck up. This is my one job when we see a movie. Yes. Pick the one thing to piss and moan about, and mine is acid does not work that way. Good night. So, about the time that he... um, So, Charles Manson traded writing credit for his... uh, For his song Cease to Exist... To the Beach Boys, yes, which they turned into "Never Learn Not to Love," right? And he exchanged his writing credit for a sum of cash and a motorcycle. So the way that so so they continued it. They seriously made you think that they were going to kill these people when Brad's out walking the dog in the middle of the night, and you see the car go by. You're like, oh, the movie could kind of end here. He's not going to die. They're going to go, you know, that's the car to go kill them. But they continue it on. I knew that something different was going to happen when when DiCaprio came out to yell at them for having the car in the lot. I'm like, oh, they're going to go kill Leo and Brad Pitt. So Leo, when Leo's out in the pool listening to nothing and it's just Brad Pitt and the dog in, in the room, I'm like, oh, this is what's going to happen that dog is going to kill these people. And that dog killed these people. Um, Only two of them. The third got torched. Well, in theory... Though she got fucked up by that dog. The dog fucked up Sadie. Dog also fucked up Tex. Yeah. The other one was the dog. The dog's... No, that wasn't squeaky. It was... um, It doesn't matter. Um, The dog fucked up. Uh, the dog killed Tex. Dog killed Tex outright. The dog fucked up Sadie. Sadie. Brad Pitt killed the other one, and just the slamming of her head into everything in the world was hysterical. So, looking at something here real quick. Um, This is some good audio. Yeah, no, sorry about that. We're tired. It's late. Um, So, yeah, it's, you know... And then, of course, you have the payoff and them getting murdered and and Leo setting them on fire. And then they all live happily ever after because his dream comes true. He goes to to have a drink with with Sharon and, you know, he's got new Hollywood friends. And then they actually he actually 
Tarantino never does post. Oh, that that scenes. was that was uh that was Big Patty. Yeah. So Tarantino never does post credit scenes. Real or, or Katie, they called Katie, her Katie, Katie in the family. Patricia Diane Krenwinkel. Yeah. But she was the third. But the um the the red apple cigarette commercial was hysterical. Um so I will say this. If you are a Tarantino fan. She's still alive. Yes, Katie she is. is. 71. Yeah. Uh if you are a Tarantino fan, go see this movie. She's also now the longest incarcerated female inmate in the California penal system. Yes. She keeps getting denied parole. <laughs> well, um, that is Sharon Tate's family, and they are not wrong to keep no, fighting that. No, she keep, and I think she's like a nun now or something like that. Like she's like, you know, she hel- and she's helping people in, in the prison system and things like that, but she is... Uh, but simultaneously, no, you... They, right? No, no, absolutely. The family of Sharon Tate is definitely not wrong. No, no, not to keep all. fighting every time any one of them was coming up for parole. No, absolutely. Um, um, but she's one of the ones that's literally, you know, she. Because um, Sadie's dead. Sadie died in what two thousand nine. Yep. Um, Katie's still there. Tex, Tex is probably dead. Tex right? is dead. Tex is dead. I mean, um, Tex probably was. Oh no! Uh, when did he die? He's he's not dead. Oh wow! Uh, he's seventy three years old, because the death penalty. Yeah, so they, uh, they was, were all was abolished. They were all sentenced to death. Yeah, they were all sentenced to death, and w- during um, it was overturned before their for you know while, while they were on death row. They were all sentenced. Charlie was sentenced to death. Sadie was sentenced to death. Patricia Krenwinkel was sentenced to death. Tex was sentenced to death. I'm pretty sure uh, Squeaky was sentenced to death. Oh, no, no. I, wait, was Squeaky even arrested, actually? Yeah, she was arrested. Um, because I, I remember there were some of the girls that went... I don't fucking remember. Anyway, but, you know, the, they people were fucking... People were fucking... You so, know, so I know so, that Linda Kasabian was the one that kind of flipped on them. You so know, Texas' she, uh, you know, first Linda parole Kasabian date was Bugliosi's star witness. So uh, Texas' first parole date was uh, 1976, and he has been denied parole 17 times since then. Yes, most recently given a five-year denial of parole at a board hearing on October 27, 2016. Mm-hmm. So actually, that's uh, going to be coming up. Pretty soon. I mean, he's. it's not going to matter. Of, of course not, but it's still. Yeah, so. Um, he remains incarcerated at Richard J. Donovan Correctional Facility in San Diego, yep. California. And with the assistance of volunteers, he publishes all of the content on Abounding Love Ministries' website. Mm-hmm. They all found Jesus. Of course they did. They all found Jesus. It's because they're, they're hippies. No, no. Without is, drug. That, that's not why. Um, they're I hippies will... without drug who committed horrible things. I am not surprised at any of them. Um, at, 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 at any of that. It is my sadly personal experience that um, when murderers are caught and they're in prison and they're either trying to get out or they're trying, you know, trying not to go to prison for the rest of their lives, they often cite the fact that they found Jesus. And what they don't realize half the time is that that's not Jesus, that's Jesus, your fucking cellmate. Um, good luck. It, it, I don't know, it just bothers me, and I don't want to talk about it. Um, 
So this show ended up being a lot more Manson, a lot less, oh. a oh, lot she... less uh, Tarantino. So she, uh, Squeaky, did get parole. Yeah. All right. Yeah, she did. And she then did. attempted to assassinate. Oh. Wait, no, she got arrested for attempted assassination. Right. Yeah, she did. She, she, was she not never got arrested for because she for wasn't that. involved in the murders. So, no, you're, you're, the the Tate murders were um, were Patricia yeah, Ke- it was were, the three were Patricia Krenwinkel, uh, Susan Atkins slash Sadie McLutz, and Tex Watson. Um, uh, why you? Why did you use everyone else's proper name, but you didn't use Charles Tex Watson? You didn't use Tex's real name, Charles Tex Watson. Um, yeah, so I mean, there you go. What a wonderful line that was too. When uh, when Brad Pitt is recognizing all of them yeah. for everything, and he's trying to remember Tex's name, is what was your name? And and Tex's response was the "I am the devil, and I've come to do the devil's business" line. And just Brad Pitt's response to that with the the obviously tripping laugh, yeah, followed with "No, nah, no, who's stupider than that?" Yeah, it was something stupider than that. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, it's hysterical. It's fucking hysterical. <laughs> I mean, and you feel so satisfied. Yeah, when you see them get brutally murdered, you don't feel bad for any of them because you know what they did for real. Yeah. Well, that that's what I was explaining afterwards, which was okay. So you clearly don't know this historical event. Let me explain to you why I was just laughing through that entire segment of ultraviolence that just occurred <laughs> and why I wasn't cringing or why I would feel no remorse. I mean, obviously, even without knowing it, you know that they're there to kill people. So seeing them get their asses handed to them is already a, uh, you know, a, a justice. Right. But knowing more about the historical context of who the fuck these three people are, what they actually did takes it from, hey, here's some justice to, oh, this feels pretty nice. Yep. But make no mistake, that was a a bit of the old ultraviolence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm going to tell you right now. Caving her face in against the mantle. And then into the table. And then into the poster. And then into the wall. Phone. Poster. The phone was Whoa. the best one because a it made the sound, but then you have like the jutting out piece of the phone. It's an old wall phone, and he's just impaling her face on this before caving it in on the fucking mantle. Like he, it was, and he he gave it the look afterwards too when he just kind of turned it and went, "Up, oh, she's dead." Yeah, tossed her. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's and before anyone goes and does research and says you got this person wrong, this person got sentenced here, this person did this, we're not fucking historians and we don't have Wikipedia open right now to go and like follow every single thing and I haven't studied the Manson murders in fucking 25 years since I wrote a goddamn paper about them when I was like a freshman in high school, no, in Oh, in high school, almost. You know, I think it was a senior in high school, and then I took it with me to use it in college. So, just fucking relax. Um, that's not you know, this is not a historical retrospective on on the Manson family murders. Um, go see the fucking movie. Just go see the fuck. I don't know. What, what do you think? What, what, did it stand up to a second showing? By the way, yeah, I liked it. You um, did. You know, any any sort of tension that was there the first time wasn't there. I did. I. 
it was really well done um, because I did feel myself starting to get a little not really anxious and nowhere near as bad as it was the first time when when the three of them are driving up to the oh, house yeah. and you know what's coming. Yeah. When I saw it the first time, I went, oh, my God, I know exactly what's going to happen here. I knew there was no way that they would actually show the murders. Like, you had to know that. And anyone that was disappointed, I think, that they would see the, a reenactment of the Manson family murders, you're out of your fucking mind. These were real people, and you, these were horrible murders. You also have, like, documentaries that you can see that in. Yeah, so... Some are good, some are not. Yeah, so, you know, enough. Um, All right. So I mean, yeah. I think we've talked enough about this fucking thing. Go um, see, go see that movie. I sincerely hope that Joe was able to make it to see it earlier today. Yeah. Unfortunately, he he couldn't be here for this part. I think that he was probably just wiped out because uh, he had rehearsal tonight. It was dress rehearsal, even yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, for he's in a he's in a cabaret, um, a fundraising cabaret um, for his high for his former high school um, for our good friend. Um, Jason Ferrandino. So, I mean, that's. Oh, I should show awesome. you the uh, poster that I made for Rocky Horror this year. When we're done, we'll look at it. Yeah. Um, we'll move qu- quickly on to mail. Just speaking of Jason. Yeah. We'll move quickly on to mail. Um, if what you do want, we got? Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at couchcrouches at gmail.com or you can contact us um, on social media at Facebook at facebook.com slash couchcrouches. Uh, we I don't are, know why I'm fucking with this. That's all right. I'm just we, fucking with this. We are at couchcrouches on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Steven, friend of the show, Steven. I know Steven. Um, emails us a couple things. His first one is, is he's looking for a top five. And his top five are top five dream vacation destinations. Let me see. Let me see if I can do them. Um, dream vacation destinations. I've never left the country. I'm leaving in a couple of weeks to go to Belize. But my dream. So this is going to sound weird. Um, Prague is my number one. Prague is my number one. Um, I would say most of Eastern Europe, you know, the big cities of Eastern Europe, Prague, everybody's a spy, you know? Um, um, I don't think that they really are, though. You no, know, James Bond and Dracula. Those, that's my thing about Eastern Europe, you know, like like Prague, Budapest, um, you know, like Warsaw, you know, things like that. I don't know. James Bond and Dracula, that's why. Um I've always wanted to see, um, like go to Greece and see like the Parthenon and all that shit. Although you can go see the Parthenon in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's completely redone. It's very, it's it's a it's a like a uh, a replica of the original, and it's very cool, but it's not the same. Um, I guess um, I can do this. Hold on. Um, I've always wanted to go to Spain for the food. Um, Italy. And like Scotland, I think those are the places I've always wanted to go. Either that, or my other geeky one is I want to do a tour of all the locations of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want to do like you know easy ones like the California Redwoods. That's super easy. But then there's like Tunisia. There's like a some there's part some of Finland. Civil wars going on out over there. Oh, right now, yeah. The old uh, Skywalker homestead. So yeah, you um, might want to watch out. Yeah, but then like go to like. London to go to Elastria, Leaveston Studios, you know, go all over the world. So I don't know. Um, that's the other geeky one. What about, what about you, sir? I've given you a couple couple uh, minutes to try to see. throw so, it out there. One, I really like 
uh, St. John in the Caribbean. Yeah. So I, given the option, going back there okay. whenever is po- whenever possible. It's a good place. I like it. Uh, I mean, it's kind of cheating because I've been there, but That's it fine. continues to be a dream sure. vacation destination. I still want to go back to Disney World. So, <laughs> uh, New Zealand. Yeah, I gotta go to Hobbit Country. I, wa- I want to go there. It yeah. looks really pretty. Looks real fun. Seems like a good place to be. Absolutely. Um, I know that I just had more to uh, Venice. I'd love to go to Venice. And that's part of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But like specifically, I kind of want to go there. That's that's I my that, that's my big sinks. that's my big Italy one. I want to yeah. see it before it sinks. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh. I kind of want to go. Like, I've been to Colorado once, but I kind of want to go back. Um, specifically around the Boulder area, you know, I want to see sort of Hunter S. Thompson's old, sure. old, old places. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always wanted to do the cross country drive. Well, that'll take me to, to number five, yeah. which is Las Vegas. You've never been to but Vegas? I've never been to ba- Vegas, fun. which for one is a good thing because I have a gambling, uh, affinity. So the weird thing about Vegas, I'll tell you this. Um, I spent a lot of money in Vegas. I did a You've lot of, told this. I did a lot of gambling You've in Vegas, yeah. But it, it kind of inundates you after like the second or third day. You're kind of like, Jesus Christ, more fucking but gambling. But specifically what I would really like to do that turns both those last two into one super vacation idea is I want to go and I want to make the drive yeah, me too. in a red convertible. Yep. We've talked about this, doing this before. I want want to make that drive through there. But here's the question. Here's the big question about doing that drive. Actually, well, he didn't drive from Colorado to there. No, he drove drove from from, Barstow, California to to Vegas. So, so, okay, then what I want to do is I want to go to Boulder, Colorado, see see the sights, just hang out. It's also a really beautiful, beautiful part of the country. Yeah, yeah. But then... So yeah, for for number five specifically isn't just Vegas. It's I want to drive from Barstow, California, to Las Vegas, Nevada, in a cherry red convertible. I don't need the drugs. Don't you though? I mean, I'm not gonna say no to them, but like I don't need them. I just kind of want want to do that. It'll be interesting, fun. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like you kind of got to have the uh, suitcase of drugs. I don't know. That's just my thought. Um, but that's me, you know. Um, All right, top five. So that's it for top five. If you've got a top five, we told you how to. Uh... So, by the way, I was looking for the line. Um, I mean, we could have a suitcase with two bags of grass, 75 pellets of mescaline, five sheets of high-powered blotter acid, a salt shaker, half full of cocaine, and a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, laughers, and also a quart of tequila, a quart of rum, a case of Budweiser, a pint of raw ether, and uh, what's, the, what's the rest of it? A pint of raw ether. you think I'd remember this, too. I've read this book a million fucking times. Um, oh, and two dozen amyl nitrates, of course. Two dozen amyls, that's right. Well, you can't find amyl nitrate anymore. They don't make it. They don't make it anymore, yeah. Um, that's too bad. But what's really interesting... Uh, so I have somewhere, uh, I think actually they sell them, it's called the Gonzo Tapes. Yeah. And it's the audio recordings uh, that he made first off while doing, uh, you know, the Hells Angels. That's his best book. And then Fear and Loathing. Yeah. And just 
audio tapes through all of these things. And what was really interesting to me was comparing and contrasting things from the book, uh, from Fear and Loathing, Mm -hmm. the book, to the audio tapes that are his actual notes from being there. Yeah. And you get to, like, he he talks a big game in the book about making that drive with this suitcase full of drugs. You listen to those audio tapes, and there's one point in particular where he's trying to get on the phone with a... uh, like college newspaper and asking if they know where he can get mescaline because they didn't have any of anything. Right. So much of that was totally fictionalized to make that What's into the, the into the driving yeah. force. But I mean that that was the style anyway. That was, being said, he was trying to reveal a greater. Oh sure, it, it was it was commentary at, at the same time that it was satire. Absolutely. So at the same time though. Also, suitcase if, of drugs would be fun. Also, if if uh, you, the listener, have never heard his voice, there is something distinctly Jim Hensony about his voice <laughs> in particular, especially in these audio recordings. Uh, so younger Hunter S. Thompson, um, it, it's not terribly close to the Johnny Depp version. I mean, Johnny Depp does a pretty good. He does a pretty he gets good, the cadence. Yeah, he, he gets the cadence good, yeah. down pretty well um but the specific tone of voice um you know i could like just pull a little bit up well i actually right here. i actually thought about doing it right here um since I, I have it connected to the sound so just uh gonzo tapes gonzo tapes yeah 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 and that takes you straight over to you know the various cds right of it so if you just pick one and fast forward to some place in it, um, you'll specifically hear his. Uh, ooh, What's that? look at that! You look at that! Yeah, uh, m- more YouTube things that popped up that were totally YouTube's things fun. that I would check out. Yeah. Let's just see if we can get something here. Hold on. Let's see if we can get waves. Yeah, I'm just waiting for it to load up. Shoot, it's only 11 o'clock here. It seems to be like about 7 in the morning. The so, of dealing with this kind of thing is really more than uh, a human being to be expected to possess. It's, it's a situation we're in. Uh, oh, there's several hundred people here. I can't tell how many in the darkness you don't know. So this is uh, Hell's and, Angels. Uh, yeah. Perhaps 30 or 40 know who I am. Right. Therefore, uh, I get a lot of head and shit. But so, yeah, it's it's very Jim Hensony, isn't it? A little bit. There's yeah, I, just I can that see, little I can see bit where of that a. From, yeah. It's a little like a, a strung out sort of Jim Henson, sure. but it's it's really interesting. All right, so we get another question from Stephen. He says, along with my top five this week, here's a question: What is your preferred fictional setting? i.e. high fantasy, sci-fi, steampunk, etc. Please elaborate as to why or why yours is better than others. I have no terribly preferred one. It has shifted with my mood. Yeah, that's that's a rough one. And also, no, I'm not going to do that because go back and listen to Toxic Fandoms Part Mm 1 through 7. Yeah, Um, yeah, there's, there's no... I, I even if I gave you an answer, I wouldn't say why it's better than others. Um, I can tell you why it's better for me. You know, 
as long as these things are internalized. Suck a dick, Android Lloyd Weber. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, I can internalize this stuff to me. You know, one day I could tell you that it's, I, I enjoy high fantasy because, you know, high fantasy is, you know, there's magic and dragons and shit like that. And, you know, in theory, I'd love to be able to, you know, be a hero that can ride a horse um, or that I can, you know, I can sing and do magic with it. The other days it's like, yeah, but you know what, though? Certain aspects of steampunk are cool but silly, you know, you know, dirigibles everywhere, just dirigibles, dirigibles, dirigibles and gears. It's kind of cool. And it's like semi-Victorian and like, you know, of course it's in shit are cool. And then it's like, Oh, well, do you like cyberpunk? Well, well, it's kind of a dystopian future. We're kind of on the way there right now. Not really. Although, um, umbrellas that light up, you know, that, that the poles light up and then everyone's eating fucking, you know, sushi and noodles, uh, on, on the sides of the streets. I, I don't know. It, it's, uh, I don't know, Steven, I, I hate to be a dick, but um, I feel like, and this is going to sound real elitist, but I don't mean it that way. I feel like my fandom, my level of fandom at this point, I'm beyond that question. Um, I, I don't have a preferred one. So we have a, uh, oh, here we go. We have a message from Sarah Gabby. Sarah, what, did she hear you ask that question already somehow? No, this is, this is. Are you a time traveler? Oh. Um, we do need to come up with a uh, with a. Um... Ba, ba, da, ba, da. So here's what I was actually thinking for Sarah. Now Sarah's not going to like this, but I don't care. And here's why it she's not literally never stopped you before. No, she's not going to directly hate it. But see, our songs when we pick theme songs for people. They're um, they're clever. You know what I mean? They're clever. So, so Sarah, I think I'm turning Japanese for the Japanese person. That was clever. She just thought it was funny, so that's the, why we did it. The theme song to Doug for Doug. Again, but like the theme song for Sam is perfect. The careless whisper for fucking uh, Jordan is hysterical. So here's I'm gonna go punny on this and we can think about it. And let's let's see what people think. So Sarah is a costumer. Sarah is a costumer, and she's, you know. She's a costumer historian, so I, I, you know, this is kind of cliche, but I'm thinking like we can. You know what song this is? Nope. It's Material Girl. Get it? She's a costumer. And it's obnoxious. And it's comedy. Shut up. I'm tired. It's the first thing I came up with. All right. So, so Gonzo just motherfucked my idea. I don't know. That's, that's my first try. All right. So Sarah comes to us uh, for, uh, at couchcrouches at gmail.com. She says, hey, Grouches, congratulations on your first gymless episode. Mm -hmm. Joe, Gonzo, you guys are adorable. Yay. Don't worry, Jim. I still love you, too. Yeah. People say that. She says, I don't have a specific anime-related rant this week, so I thought I'd send in a couple of questions instead. Well, Joe's not here. She said, um, in the news section, you guys speculated a bit about what Universal might have in work in the works. I'm sure everyone has a theme park wish list. For me, it's more Haunted Mansion. But what's what's the worst thing you've uncovered you've encountered at a major theme park? She says, my most loathed ride has to be the Dr. Seuss carousel at Universal. If you're going to require even adults to wear a seatbelt on a carousel, make Make the damn belts long enough for adults to fasten them while sitting on the part of the ass that has padding. So what is the worst theme park thing you've encountered? I mean, it was no fault of the theme park itself. It was 
really just kind of the fault of whoever the fuck planned my uh, freshman year of high school. We took a band trip to Disney World. Um, and whoever planned it or something, something got messed up along the way. So when we got there, you know, we were supposed to be able to check in at a certain time. And we were not able to. So instead, we spent almost a full 12 hours in Magic Kingdom. Uh-huh. Which... Sounds like fun. The first <laughs> couple of hours are totally fine. And you're running around, you're having a great time. Yep. The next couple of hours are like, okay, well, this is still fun. And, you know, we're gonna figure this out. Eventually, it turns into... Just riding the the steam train that goes around Magic Kingdom, uh, just sitting on that for four hours, four or five hours straight, going in a circle, and it's just us from the band sitting there. No one else is coming on. No one's really getting off, and it's just as more and more of us started to lose interest in whatever else was going on in Magic Kingdom at the time, we would all somehow hear that oh, we're on the train, and we would all filter there. So by the end of the day, the train is just packed with our school in particular, riding in circles, going nowhere. So again, it's not really a fault of the theme park, but it's a, it's a thing that happened at a theme park that was not great. The thing that... Also, the Dumbo ride was way too fucking hot. It was already hot down there. And we were just looking for some place to like be inside in the shade. And we figured, oh, the Dumbo ride for children is indoors. Clearly, this will be better. It was not. It was so much warmer and more humid in there for some fucking reason. So the one that, that, that sticks out to me the most um, was back in the day, Six Flags New England, uh, when I was a kid, was known as Riverside Park. It was also Riverside when I was a kid. Right. Um. And there was their big, huge wooden roller coaster was the Cyclone. Uh-huh. And anyone that's of a certain age in this region remembers the fucking Cyclone. What a lot of people don't remember is the line leading up to the Cyclone. Now, to go to the Cyclone, they anticipated huge lines. And when it first opened, they were right. So what they had for the queue, it was, it was the outdoors. Queewee? Yeah, the queue. It was outdoors, but what it was was they – it was like a long pen. It was wood with like a, with like a, a wood roof and, um, and it was with like wooden walls, but like there were half walls and everything else was – you know, for like the upper half was um, like slats instead of full walls. And what it looked like was a cattle pen that's, that you would put cattle in on the way to be slaughtered. I didn't have any other way to describe it. It was ghastly. Um, and it was hot, and it always smelled of vomit and piss. Um, and it was right by the roller coasters, so like the blower. So not only was it like in the summer, it was 90 fucking degrees. You're shoved in with a bunch of people. It's hot, but like it was near the blowers, so like warm air would come through. It was not air conditioned. It was, not, it was, it was disgusting. Um, and I always remembered going, I don't want to go that fucking ride because of that goddamn thing. So, all right, Sarah's second question, and it's actually related to what just happened. 
For those of us who've been th- who've thrice been promised a theme song, what makes a good theme song? Do you have a process for picking them? Um, as we just saw, no. I tried to come up with a related idea, something kind of pun-related, kind of goofy. Gonzo shits on it. He's not necessarily wrong. It wasn't a good idea, but it was an idea. Mm-hmm. We'll keep working at it, Sarah, I promise. All right. So... That was a kind of all over the place show, but I'm 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 happy with it. How do you feel about it? Uh, we managed to come in an hour shorter than uh, Joe and I working together. Well, the three of us Still here. Still really amazed that the two of us managed to s- spin out a uh, two and a half hour I was episode impressed. last week. Like, I was impressed. So we were going to try to do two episodes tonight. It's not going to happen. No, so no, um, I'm, I'm getting tired. We're it's gonna time I'm, to sleep. I'm going to try to come back with um, either we'll do it on a show or I'll do it on a supplement. Some kind of um, supplement because um, I just came back from Gen Con last week and I know people were curious of my thoughts there. Right, that's, that's so I, I may do something separate as opposed to uh, a full episode. So we'll see what happens. Wow. But um, yeah, we'll be here next week and we look hopefully the three of us will be here to bring you more of whatever it is that we actually bring you in the meantime for couch grouches uh this is jim i'm gonzo fuck on audience fuck on audience oh oh that just cut off whatever (laughs) when an alarm goes off it actually turns on oh i feel like you could do better than that all right um i well Ketchup is a liquid made from a fruit and contains 20% sugar. Therefore, it is a sports drink. Oh, I like that one. That's a good one. Yeah, let's keep that. Okay. All right.